Hello, what have we here? Can you speak Bocce? Well, of course I can, sir. It's like a second language to me. I'm a yeah, All right, shut up. I'll take this. Shut up, sir. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. You're listening to Havoc Radio. X-Wing 2.0 and beyond. Back everyone to Havoc Radio Second Edition. We've been on a bit of a hiatus, but we're back for episode ten. For episode ten, we have me, Ben. We have Ryan. Howdy. We have Luke. Hoi hoi. We have Gus. Good to be here. And we have Will. Hello. Did you do me last just because I said I wanted to do the intro? Well, I mean that, and also because it's alphabetical. But you know, it is how it is. Ooh. Although Ryan was Countess Ryan, but that's okay. There's a method, There's a method um, here, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's been a while since we had our last episode, obviously, um, for listeners out there wondering what was going on. We've been pretty much waiting for the X-Wing 2.5 rules to drop, because kind of was the community was in a bit of a weird space where we knew stuff was coming, we didn't know when it was coming. And it took a while to come. We knew we hated it. And yeah, and we just, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't, I kind of got a bit demotivated to play because I didn't want to play with half stuff, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we just got distracted by other games. So well, many we other did games. well. Yeah. There's some quality, quality other games. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the good news is the rules have landed. Hooray! We're back, baby. It's yep. terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Terrifying might not be the word, but it's definitely a whole new world. So. We should all flee now and abandon all hope. <laughs> no. new world. I'm, actually, I'm actually pretty excited, but we'll, we'll get into yes. that. Um, first, let's talk about the things that we knew were coming. Obviously, road is now a thing. Um, I mean, I've, I've played a few games with Rode, um, and I have to say, I actually quite like the way that it makes you change the way you're thinking. I don't really want to go into Rode like too much, but what do you guys think of it? Like it, don't like it, you know, does it change the way that you think? Not enough experience yet. Let me know. Uh, I like it. I think it's actually going to play in well, and maybe we need to circle back to this as we get through the other changes uh, but I think it plays in better with the new changes um, actually I'll just briefly I think the scenarios and the squad building in particular encourage more of a spread of pilot skills which means you're not going to have the issues that we were having when we were using road with the old rules where people would bring like I1 swarm into I1 swarm and apparently that's just not a fun match I never ran into that myself but um uh, beyond that, for just like a normal game where you have like a, an ace and a couple of I3s or I4s and maybe an I1 flying around blocking, um, I think it works great. I really enjoy it. 
I have to agree. I kind of like it. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. No, you, you go. I overall like it. Um, I did play against a player who hasn't played in a long time. It was Derby. Um, the interesting thing was that we were both I-5s. You'd roll off. You'd win the roll off, so then you'd go first. And it's almost as though you're being punished for rolling really well. So, like, he'd, he'd constantly, for his rose rolls, he'd, he'd always roll a crit, and so he'd always go first, and so his Kylo would always go before my Luke. And so that was a bit annoying because he couldn't do what he wanted to do to try and get shots off on Luke. So, uh, I, overall, I think it's really good for the game as well. It's just um, I haven't played too many games with it, but I think it's going to be fun. It's interesting. Yeah, seeing that that change falls in line with the ethos of low cognitive load, low barrier of entry, keep it simple. Because if you give a player a choice, which is the natural kind of outcome that you're, you're kind of hedging towards there, if like you win the dice roll, you get to choose if you go first or second, then yeah. there's always a, well, not always, but generally speaking, there will there'll be an incorrect and a correct choice. Like back in the day, like when I was first learning, I was like, is going first or second better? Why do I take a bid? Like, took me a while to wrap my head around that. When their aim is to try and simplify that, taking the choice away and just saying, you now go first, means that that's one thing the player doesn't have to think about. That's just how how the game works, just how it happens. Um, I'm I'm guessing that's why they've done that. Though, I see what you mean. Like, you win the role, and then you have a negative experience, which is a bit counterintuitive, but... Yeah, I, I also think the change is a bit of a theme thing as well. I think the point was it's strange that for an entire game, Suntir is a worse pilot than your opponent's Vader, even though they're the same skill. Whereas now yeah. it's getting into the, you know, you guys are pretty close in skill. So I'm not sure if he's going to take that split second move a little better than me and get behind me, or if he's not. I think that's probably as much as anything that. And to just get rid of um, uh, those sort of, you know, you have three I6 aces and three I6 aces and the other guy wins the roll-off, so you just, like, you know, miles behind to begin with. I think those were probably the other big big reasons yep. for the, for the yeah. change. I mean, yeah. I, I do like that aspect of, you know, if you do have the overlapping initiative, it does change the way that you think about stuff, because before, one player was always able to act with perfect information if they were going second, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas now it becomes, okay, we're the same pilot skill, we're both pretty good in this dogfight. It becomes a like a risk appetite thing rather mm. than a, okay, you're better than me kind of thing. Yeah. So I I like that aspect of it as well as like okay, well we're actually got a dogfight on our hands here. Let's see what happens. Yeah. There's another gaming system, major gaming system that uses the imperfect in- information turn sequence, which is Age of Sigma. Um. And they have a revolving first player uh, game system, um, and that leads to it leads to some problems within that particular game system. But it also leads to some really exciting games, and it's a great balancer in the sense that, like, a player that was getting absolutely tranced get tranced gets a chance to sort of bring things back but by the same logic has a chance to just get absolutely obliterated. But X-Wing kind of mitigates that with the initiative and the way ships shoot and the way you can, you know, um, simultaneous fire and all that sort of stuff. So I think X-Wing has a lot of balancing stuff in place and then will just benefit long-term 
from that imperfect system because it does like the direct comparison for AOS is 40k and 40k gets criticized quite heavily for having a very like um often it could be like a you get ahead early you stay ahead and they've done some work to address that in the later editions but yeah, i believe by comparison it's still a little bit skewy um and one of the things 40k players say when they come to AOS is it's so nice to not have that problem. And then they play longer and then they get jaded in other ways. But point is, I think X-Wing long-term will actually really benefit from this imperfect system. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the adjusting to it is, um, I guess, why people are so polarised by it as well, because uh, having the ability to... Oh, man, I'm losing my thought here. Hang on a sec. Yeah, but I think what you're saying is like the ability to dictate which one it was going to be through something that was in your control with a bid and stuff like that. I think, you know, we everyone played that way for years. We've been playing X-Wing between us like for years now. I have to admit, I never really thought about that system. I just played along because that's the way the game was. And it wasn't until this stuff came up where AMG were like, well, we actually don't like the bid. Because, you know, and we talked about all the issues previously, but like once it started getting me think about that aspect of the game, I realized how much I didn't like it. And it's just I'd never really thought about it before because that's just the way the game is. So yeah. I think a lot of this that people are going through is, you know, it's that weight of playing it for so many years and now they're forced to confront a lot of these things. Some people like it, some people don't. Some people want that power to choose but I think overall it wasn't healthy for the game. But, I mean, people got used to it, right? So, yeah, they played that way. They yeah, liked playing that way. They built lists around playing that way. And that's a little happen now. People will build lists around the imperfect information. Yep. It just changes things. And comboing that with scenario play and all that is you're going to see a whole new way of playing X-Wing. Well, and... let's talk about scenarios. That's the perfect lead-in, right? Yeah. So. That, I mean, this has also been a very controversial change to the game. Before it was just like dogfight, dogfight, dogfight. And I admit, I mean, between us, we've played thousands of games of X-Wing, enjoyed it every time. I am kind of excited about scenarios, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Can I talk scenarios about? for a little bit? Yes. Is that cool? Go for just it. Just because I, I come from a game, like, literally when I started playing X-Wing, my biggest criticism was the fact that you only played dogfight. I remember putting messages up in chat when I first sort of joined the Black Havoc Legion and being like, oh, I've homebrewed some stuff. Like, I barely understood the game, but I understood enough to know that it could benefit greatly from having something that wasn't just kill each other. Because the the fact that you only had kill each other... And there's a, there's, there's a bucket of nuance that I'm ignoring here, but it meant that the game always, within a matter of moments became find the most efficient hull then find the most efficient pilots then find the most efficient upgrades or remove upgrades completely and take an extra ship does that mean it changes from a game where it's a contest of minds and and ability to analyze to a game that's more more that luck plays a greater thing into it well I don't think so. I think no. It just pivots yeah. it. So they they both are that. Um, however, 
you're not like, okay, the end of 2.0, what was the most common lists that we saw for the last 18 months? It was generic pilots with maybe one named pilot, maybe, depending on the faction that augmented the generic pilots, generally speaking. Sometimes you had a fat duo like like um, the Separatist one with the two... Yeah, the two fire sprays, Django and Zam. Yeah, but a lot of the time it was like, look at my generic um, Jedi, look at my generic fire sprays, look at my generic X-Wings, look at my Rebel Beef, look at my... You know what I mean? It was finding these efficient hulls with good dice, good upgrades to go with them, and then rinse and repeat them like as many times as you could with the augmentation that suited them and that was what it is and so then you'd have ships that would sell out for months because that particular ship archetype was the most efficient ship for that particular faction um and that's because x-wing at its core was a race to the bottom because didn't matter what update you did you got the erratas you got all that stuff you had points updates you had hyperspace changes you had all that sort of stuff that's why hyperspace was semi-interesting because when you played just extended it was x-wing in its purest form which was who owned the most efficient ships and could field the most of them hyperspace at least made you think because it took out some of the upgrades it took out some of the hulls took out some of the generics added some of the whatever now you have a whole new kettle of fish like bad turn of phrase, sorry. But it's a whole new kettle of fish because you've got this whole other aspect of the game that you've got to do. You're still searching for efficiency because paying excess points and paying paying for an overcosted hull or an overcosted upgrade is still going to be a bad choice in the metagame, the macro game. Um, but now but then the nuance of each particular mission also dictates whether or not you take um, fat ships like little ships, big ships, fast ships, slow ships, ordnance, bombs, whatever. And then you throw in the fact that missions, and I haven't read them all yet, but I'm assuming that there's a variety of different ways you win. And as a result, different archetypes are going to be better or worse on different mission types. And if you look at a one day as a sample, you've got three missions or four missions to play, sometimes five missions to play out of, is there seven that we've got? Uh, so there's four, uh, four missions. Four missions, sorry. Um, but yes, but you're absolutely correct. There's different, you know, d- yeah, different lists will be better at different scenarios, no question exactly. about it. And then AMG, uh, no doubt about it, going to release more missions over time. And then that pulls different strings. And so the, the Joe Everyman who wants to play a game and have a chance of winning isn't just going, I need to take the most efficient hull. They're saying, I want to take good ships that can pivot depending on the mission type. And that might mean they take one of X, one of B, two of Y, because that gives them the best, like, all-comers-style list. And then from that, a meta will evolve over the coming months where you'll see tournament winners, where people will develop lists, like the B-Wing trajectory simulator list is the big bad at the moment. There'll be players out there who are already thinking, cool, what do I build that counters that list? Because that's going to rise to prominence, so I need to be able to beat it and still have a chance against 
at Joe Every Comers, and then someone will come together with some sort of A-wing bullshit or whatever, you know, something that works against that specific list, and then that meta will rise, and then as that list rises to prominence, because it counters the B-wings, there'll be something that counters it, and then blah, 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 blah. But isn't and, that just X-wing? That is like, just X-wing, it but... Was, yeah, yeah it's, but it's just a different aspect of it, and like some people, I, I think they need to give it a world to find that the things that they liked about old X-Wing, they can still like about new X-Wing. Yeah, there's absolutely. a slightly different flavor to it, you know? And yeah. sure, there's going to be some people that don't like it. That's fine, right? Mm -hmm. That's just life. But um, I'm actually kind of excited about that aspect of, well, I need to bring a list that can do potentially four different things or five when we get new scenarios, six. I mean, there's already been an OP kit they're talking about that, brings another scenario you know so i don't know it's it's an interesting place um and i think the i mean luke can probably go into more details about this but i think the different scenarios play differently for different types of lists like i mean the easy one is the um this uh satellite one you know um sorry not the satellite one chance encounter that's very much like what dogfight was but it's got the objective in the middle now people are saying, okay, well, if it's an objective in the middle that we're fighting over, that one will favor the most jousty lists, right? Like just joust straight at that objective, try to hold it from the beginning, that kind of thing. But there will be counterplay to that. And your jousty list for that one is probably not the best list to take for some of the other scenarios. Yeah. And, and can I just go on a little rant about that one too? So, okay, so that's maybe let's just pause on that scenario because I think it might be worth going through each one and, um, talking a little bit about each of them. So yeah, chance engagement, as Ben said, there's an objective in the middle. It's it's pretty soft. It's just if only one player has a ship within range zero to two of that objective, uh, which is quite, so that's a range four across circle. It's a big area. Then that player scores a point. So it's saying you can't just run up and down your board edge to um, uh, stop, you know, you know, run up and down your board oh, yeah. edge um, to you know, wait out someone to come and attack you. Uh, but other than that, it doesn't force that Titan engagement. Um, the other thing I'll say about the the comments I've seen a lot of, of jousty lists will just take that center and you'll never get it. And aces are dead and can't play this game mode is my God. So I played a lot of triple Imperial aces. I think that's probably my most played list. Uh, made a few cuts with it. Um, and my favorite matches were the ones where there was a jousty list that charged straight into the middle of the table. Because that gives you a really easy flank. There's rocks, so you can you know where they can and can't turn. You can come in at them from lots of directions. Um, I think that's still going to be just as interesting as the old dogfight. I don't think that objective is going to make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. I will admit that's the one I haven't played yet, uh, but I can't imagine that that being a big deal. It's also only at most one point per round. So if someone somehow doesn't hit that center point at all, then it's twelve points for the whole game. Um, yeah. Anyway, rant over. Any other comments on chance engagement? It'll, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Like in tournament play, will there be a sideboard? Like, well, the, depending on scenarios. Yeah, I mean, it's not in yet, but let's get to that when we get to list building. Let's just okay. talk about scenarios first. Monday. But um, yeah, the the other thing is with these objectives, it does have to make people think about their obstacles more. Like you, you touched on that, and I think. There is still counterplay to a lot of these things. Like, just put an obstacle so that they can't go straight at the center objective. You know what I mean? Like, there, there is ways 
that you still have control over the board. And if anything, there might even be more important now to understand that turn zero type stuff than what it was before. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, because exactly right. If you can cram that range two bubble around that full of obstacles and your opponent's trying to just sit in there, like they're just, they're not going to have good angles to move through. Um, so you're just going to be able to flank them and wreck them. And even if you give up a couple of points early to get good position while they sit there, like they're going to have things die and get split off and, and you're not. And, and that's that's what you do. So no, I think I think that's, in terms of rewarding lists, I think it's going to be very much like 2.0. Like we know what it is. It's efficient killy stuff. It's aces that can dance around arcs or lots of ships that can do lots of killing. Like it's just yeah, all of all of the same old good stuff that we know about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. The missions aren't strong enough to completely rebuild X-Wing. They just change how you interact. They prevent some of the more negative play experiences like fortressing and 45 minutes of no action. Yeah, no, that yeah. that's quite exciting. Uh, an incentive for people to not just engage they in all... that is good. <laughs> yeah. They also do two other things. They give AMG another string to pull for game balance. So if a, if a list archetype rises to... Uh, unreasonable prominence within the meta. They don't need to nerf the ship. They can just introduce a, a mission that they don't do well at, and then pit players will naturally gravitate away from it, or at least it won't be as strong. Because if thirty-three percent, twenty-five percent of of a, of a tournament's like scope is not a good experience for that list. People will be like, oh, it's not quite as strong as it was, so I'll take yeah. something else. It's and like this... self-regulating meta in a yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and it also provides something for TOs that's sort of a new thing, which is... Um, this is something that will kind of come even more into its own over time as more missions become available, is if you're looking at a limited number of rounds in a day and you've got, say say at this point we've got eight missions to choose from and we're running four-round event, you can choose to announce the missions ahead of time so people know what they're list building towards and the sequence in which they're going to be played or not. Um, you can announce rounds that have pairings, like mission pairings. So you could be playing Chance Encounter or you could be playing Destroy the Satellites. Um, and so then you've got to build a list that can kind of do that. Or you can leave them completely blind and on the day you randomly chance them up and the players need to bring, prepare lists that can Which potentially play in all eight. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another way to regulate the player base if there's certain missions or lists that become more forgiving, more OP, all that sort of stuff. It gives it gives both the community and the designers more flexibility in how they can regulate the negative play experiences that can sometimes occur in... Um, That's very exciting. Yeah. It also means that we've got more... As a player base, we have more strings to pull if we have a delayed... Um, like, update cycle or point cycle like we've experienced in the last two years where we were just hanging for a points update because for so long it had been like um, the separatist list or the whatever spam or the A-wing yeah. proton rockets or the triple fire sprays. You know I mean? These lists that had been strong for so long and people were so bored of playing and we're just sitting there twiddling our fingers hoping. But if we had six missions to play that like penalized generic pilots and prioritized whatever you could be like cool 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 we're finding a mission three of them are like named pilots 
preferred. You know what I mean? They get yeah, a perk, or whatever the perk yeah. might be. And then, then people are just going to be like, they're going to self-police. Well, they're not self-policing. They're being, but they, they're being prompted in a direction that the community is less bored of. <laughs> um, yep. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to wait on a hyperspace. You can just muck around with stuff yourself and it's all completely, or it all feels valid as well. Yeah. It's not homebrewing bullshit or whatever. It's just, yeah. it's just, you're doing stuff and it's a good time. Um, It'll be interesting. I, I myself haven't played any of the new scenarios. However, that was one thing that got me into X-Wing was the fact that you didn't have to do scenarios. However, I am very excited to try these scenarios to see how it goes with the game. Because uh, for me, this is a big change um, in the way that, like, what I like, what I loved about X-Wing when I first started was the dogfight, the simplicity of the game. Point and shoot, that was about it. Um, mm. But <clears throat> with all the other changes, like roads and things like that as well, adding the scenarios to that is an extra depth of the game that I'm actually really looking forward to. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. So, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I noticed a lot of people quit X-Wing and started selling their stuff because of the scenarios. They're like, no, that's, that's, the game's now no longer how it originally started and what got me into it. And I thought that's... A bit, that's really sad that there's, there's, there's people out there that aren't willing to at least give it a go to see how well they'll appreciate the game and what, yeah. what um, Atomic yeah. Mass have done for the game. So it'll be, it'll be fun. I reckon it'll be good fun. Good on them if they know that they're absolutely not going to like it. But I mean, exactly. I feel like we only got the rules a week ago. You know? Yeah. yeah. Just, I will yeah. also say I've lo- seen a lot of declarations of leaving the game. I haven't seen a lot of postings of things being sold. So... Yeah, like, it, inevitably, you get. Yeah, you will see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, inevitably, some people will leave, and that's a shame. Happens every time this change happened in the move from 1.0 to 2.0. But some um, different people will come on board. That as blew well my mind. The game is different. That blew my yeah. mind, by the way. I started at the end of 1 into 2, and I've been playing tabletop games since I was 12. And the fucking hissy fits that went on when oh, I joined yeah. the X-Wing community <laughs> over 1 to 2. I was like, are you fucking serious? They've had the game, the same, you know, system for what, six or seven years or some shit. And People they're had just, some serious money. They're the asking you to pay. Oh, yeah, but there's like, they're asking you to pay like 80 bucks to transition into this new game. You're like, Mrr. and then here yeah, comes totally. a magic, you know, set every four months or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Or fucking GW. It's like, we've released a sort of appendage to a game, kind of maybe 30 bucks, please. It's like, <laughs> all right. Cool. And it's like, it's been eight years, guys. Can we please just, you know, it fixes so many parts of the game. Nah, fuck you. Nah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this game. Nah. <laughs> it's like, but I mean, right. that, that is one of the reasons why they've been calling this 2.5 and not 3. You don't need to buy anything new. Mm-hmm. Which I think is probably the most considerate rules update I've ever seen a game studio do. Just saying, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally have never seen this before where a game company has gone we're gonna completely overhaul the rules freshen it up try and get new blood into it do all this it won't cost you nothing guys don't stress we're gonna do our best it's like are you serious and then people are like fuck you bro it's like i don't know what you want man yeah (laughs) like but you're not gonna find it in any other game system it just doesn't exist mate I know a player that's too afraid to pick up the board again now. Uh, that there's been so many changes over the years. And... 
we're all in the same boat, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, I reckon, yeah. I'm just looking forward to actually being able to get the chance to play now. <laughs> now that lockdown's no, no longer a thing here in Australia, at least. So. But back on track. Back, back on track. track. Back on track. All right, next yeah. next scenario. So, yeah, so we mentioned chance engagement. That's the most just 2.0 X-Wing with a tiny tweak. Um, the next one I'll mention is also, I think, ends up being the next most similar. So that's Assault on the Satellite Array. So this one is more heavy into objectives. So instead of one objective in the middle, there's one in the middle and then four other ones that are placed by the players. Um, and this one is about area control. So basically for each of those five points, the player with the most ships at range zero to one of them gets a point at the end of each round, uh, with the only caveat there being that medium and large ships are worth two, the equivalent of two small base ships. Um, so I've played this one a couple of times, and my experience so far has been this one also feels a lot like dogfight. It forces you into a certain spot. You make a few different decisions, um, but generally speaking, you're drawing on a couple of the points, so it doesn't give a massive amount of points, and killing stuff is still the most important thing. Um, and um, But it does, it, so it, yeah, it changes your maneuvers a bit. It forces a really early engagement. Um, which I don't think ch uh, chance engagement will. Uh, but other than that, it is very much still X-Wing dogfight, very similar. Similar lists are good. Um, obviously, medium and large bases are particularly good in this. Uh, but beyond that, my impression so far has been it's also pretty similar to just dogfight. Um, I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts. I'm pretty happy that there is an incentive to take medium and large base ships. Mm-hmm. Is there um? Can I just confirm that when you kill enemy ships, they're worth how many points you paid for them? Correct. Like it used to be like yeah. divided by ten, but now it's just the points of the points, oh, which nice. is a pretty good uh, little Easter egg they left us there. <laughs> um, but like if if I've got Boba, he's worth ten and he dies, you score ten points straight away. Correct. Thanks. Yeah, exactly right. And then the only other thing worth mentioning is so in chance engagement, the dogfight scenario, half points are a thing. In the other three, it's not half points. So Boba Fett on one health is you get no points. Boba Fett dead, you get ten points. Cool. So keep that fucker alive. Yep. And it's the first of twenty wins, isn't it? First yep. of twenty, yeah, exactly right. And is it like chess where it's just like <laughs> everyone's seeing how little I've read about this? No, um, is it first of twenty like an instant game over, or do you play out like the end of the round or end of the round? Okay. I I'm actually only 95% sure of that, but we'll say end of the round. And if it's draw... Eh, yes. Phase, if one player has three or more mission points and they have more mission points than their opponent, the game ends. So like yeah, the fight, it doesn't end. It keeps going until one person has more than the other. Where okay. is it 20 rounds or... 12 rounds. 12 rounds. Oh, and okay. it hasn't been officially announced. Like they haven't dropped the tournament, official tournament guidelines yet. But inevitably, that'll be a time limit as well. So probably the 75 minutes, maybe a little shorter. They have been, you know, as you can imagine, if you've got, you still have to kill things, but also there's another source of points. Games finish a bit faster. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, so somewhere between 60 and 75 minutes will also inevitably part of tournament organizing just because just, just you can't run a tournament without knowing when people are going to finish games. Yep. So Even like, if they right. didn't announce it, someone would just do it. Yeah. So, Luke, can I ask, how many games of the new X-Wing have you played now? So, I have played two all-in 
the new, new like all of the new rules in the new squad building. Um, mm-hmm. I played a fair, quite a lot of Road, and I played a few game, probably three or four of the um, this Assault on the Satellite Array when they after they played that on stream. So when I knew all of those rules, but with the old squad building. Okay, so my question: so you played two game, two real life games in a row? Ah, uh, yes, yep. So, um, if you were to do a third round, ra- a third round, right? A third lot of games. Is it mentally draining with all the new rules, all the roads, all the mission objectives now? Like, did you walk away from two games and go, holy crap, my brain's dead? Or were you okay? Building. No, I was all right. But I think, it, like, playing... So, I guess, yeah, first of all, it's it's not quite different enough that it's like, this is a whole new game I don't understand. Like, 95% of it, I still know where ships go. I still know how to set dials. I still know what actions to pick. There's There's a bit of wrinkles to it. Um, particularly in the two scenarios we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, the other thing is they weren't super competitive games. I think if I was playing competitively, then that takes a bit more brain drain. So maybe um, yeah. I'll, I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, okay. this, yeah. this is the topic I think we need to come back to when we talk list building. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, so if, was there anything anyone else wanted to mention on chance in, uh, on uh, Assault the Satellite Array or shall I move on to the next one? Next one. Next one. All right. Uh, let's go. I'll leave my favorite till last. Uh, scramble the transmission. So this one is the same setup as the last one we talked about. So five objectives on the board, including one in the middle. Uh, but this time, instead of being close to the objective, is the objective is they all start neutral. And then if you get close to an object within range one of an objective, you can use an action to claim that objective. So then it becomes yours. Um, the and or you get a point at the end of the round for each objective you control. Uh, so this one is much more impactful. So whereas, as I mentioned in um, Assault on the Satellite Array, the last one, you maybe get you know one or two points. You often get the same amount of points each. Uh, scramble the transmission, there's almost certainly going to be five points awarded between the two of you for the whole game, each round. So the game moves fast. Like the, the points go really quickly, especially if someone gets ahead on the objectives. That's potentially, you know, a dead some TFL every round almost sort of thing. Um, so the interesting things I found, again, from the one game I've played of this one, uh, were that because you can, if someone's claimed an objective, it's reasonably easy to claim it all the way to yourself. Um, so it's a you roll a dice and on a hit crit or a uh, eyeball, yeah. it becomes yours. Um, so even if you roll a blank, it just becomes no one's. So exactly right. Yeah, no matter yeah. what you, you're doing, that that action is still worth it if they own it. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly right. So so the two things are that like so you're spending an action, which is a big difference from just flying around and being near something, and you know actions are precious. That's X wing. But um, but yeah, they're very impactful actions. Like you taking effectively, it's it's equivalent of killing a tie fighter by just flipping an objective. Uh, quite often, hmm. um, um, can you coordinate and no, steal with a coordinate? No, it must be the only action. It must be during your activation phase. So it's your action from actually your turn. That's the only way you can claim it. No coordinate. No free actions from somewhere else. That kind of. That's thing. cool. Yeah, it is cool. So what it what it does is it, it rewards a few interesting things. So the first of all is high initiative ships are much better at claiming these than low initiative because what can happen is you can send your initiative one dude in to grab an objective 
and then their Initiative 6 pilot can fly, fly on right next to you and grab it right back. Um, mm. so that's an interesting wrinkle. Um, the other thing is because it's the action only in your action step, it makes abilities that give you a reposition before your action step really powerful. So that's either your system phase repositions like your um, interceptors, uh, the, uh, the config, the sensitive control, sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, like Aether Sprites being able to you know, reposition at the end of their maneuver before their action step. Uh, that means that you've got a lot more reach to go and tap those objectives uh, compared mm. to something like an A-Wing that can link boost off things afterwards. Mm, that's really strong. And an I one take the use an action to take the objective and then be coordinated later by an I three. Yeah, absolutely. So you can still pick up yeah. actions afterwards. You just yeah. can only do that action, the scenario action, yep. and that applies for the next one we'll talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in your perform action step as your normal action. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of those new upgrades that are coming out way stronger too, like the Mandalorian shit and all that stuff, where you get to like yeah. re-roll dice and do that if you're not getting a focus, but like, you know, you're not getting your generic action step that you take just as a bit of security. Having a reroll whilst you've claimed a thing is probably really handy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it also, exactly, and the converse of that is for ships with one action, uh, they usually want to take a focus so that they don't get easily one shot. It, it becomes kind of an important decision. Like, okay, I'm putting this guy here to claim this objective, but he's got four guns pointing at me. Is this actually worth it when I'm going to lose a 40 point ship to flip a. You know, maybe claim 10 points. Yeah. So it brings mm. some really interesting things there. Um, mm. I really the, like that. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. It's, so this one, this is one I lost quite badly. I stuffed up. I left a few scenarios, a few of the points on the table for too long. And they, you know, and all of a sudden I've got, okay, I've, the four of them are tapped against me and I can't really get to half of them. Uh, this is all going very badly, very quickly. Um, which is actually something that I think I don't like about this in the next scenario, and I think needs a bit of adjustment. Um, is that games for these ones go really quickly because you just you're accumulating a lot of points. If you make a mistake early on, it you sort of don't get that thing that you get in the dogfight where you can be behind and ca- catch up with some smart maneuvers. It, it snowballs very very quickly. Um, I'll talk about this more later, but I think. I think that and perhaps a lot of the points changes are going to be stuff that they address reasonably quickly and adjust as a way of balancing. Because, yeah, I I already thought 20 points sounded awfully fucking little to win the game when you've got scenario points as well. Yeah, agreed. 100% agreed. And also 100% agreed. They seem like they're very willing to very actively change the game and change mm-hmm. the rules. And that's so I'm, I'm optimistic that it'll get fixed. But that's my one feeling with this and the next scenario I'll talk about as well is that it's it's really fun. It's a cool concept. It makes you think about the game very differently and makes you value, as what, what you were saying earlier, Will, this makes you value different ships very differently. Um, like there's an extent to which this one values, you know, lots of bodies so you can use it. You have lots of actions, but because you've also got those high initiative ships able to steal that back from you, it, it there is a bit of a balance there of you want high initiative ships, but they're usually more expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's, that one's not quite as cut and dry as you want eight I1s and just go and claim objectives all day. I just broke my headphones, so I miss what you said, but I agree. Damn right yep. you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think talking on that thing about the, the snowballing and the unbalanced, 
scenario points. I have heard people say that maybe instead of one for each thing, it's whoever owns more of them gets points. Mm. Uh, it doesn't snowball as quickly. But anyway. it sounds more fair. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't love that just because it makes. It, I think that would make the scenario ignorable. Like you would grab your two objectives near you because you're safe to, and then honestly, you'd probably better off focusing on attacking than you are capping that middle objective. And so it, it just it'll be drawn for a while, and I think it turns into dogfight. What what I think would make more sense is just to crank it up to twenty five or thirty points to win. Yep, um, and that gives you a bit more space to fight, a bit more, a few more turns. True, you can do yeah, it on, on a per mission basis. They don't have to do all of them up to thirty. They can be like. First to 20 for these two, for like dogfight and whatever, and then it's first to 30 for these three because the yeah. scenario points are scenario. more impactful and meaningful. Ah, I dropped a model. I dropped a model, guys. Shit, where'd it go? Oh. It's like literally across the room. <laughs> <laughs> the child is eating while podcasting. God, I hope yeah. it was one of those giants you're painting. No, I, that would make me cry. I was going to say, I think there'd be a different kind of screaming noise for that one. <laughs> Wake the baby. Oh, <laughs> baby. My wife would murder me. Oh, dear. Um, anything else you want to mention on that one? No, nope. next scenario. Cool, all right. Last and, and my personal favourite, um, salvage mission. So very yeah. similar, same, same setup as the last two we've talked about. One objective in the middle, four more, you know, two placed each in different places. Um, but this one, instead of, so you, when you are within O to 1 of an objective, you can use an action to claim it, but claiming it isn't putting a token on it and it stays where it is. Claiming it is, it now goes on your ship. So, so that ship is now carrying that bit of salvage and that ship keeps that salvage on it until it either dies or suffers a critical damage. So that's, that's a, even if it hits shields, a critical damage, it then has to drop it. And your opponent picks where it ends up within range O to one of that ship. Um, that one sounds like fun. Yes. How how do you represent the salvage on the ship? Do you just like move the token around with it? Or? Yeah, you just put the token in the. So they're decent sized tokens. They're a bit bigger than normal bomb tokens. You just put it on the ship card. Oh, cool. That's what I've been doing. Uh, can can one ship carry more than one token? Uh, I don't one... believe so. I can't actually okay. remember if they've specifically said that or not, but I don't believe yeah. so. Okay, that that's good because if one ship just can fly around and take all of them, that's a bit annoying. Yeah, <laughs> Swinty laughs. If they kill that ship, you're fucked. True. Yeah. Well, well true. depending on how and when they kill it, but yeah. Mm. So, and this one is I like as a good counterpoint to scramble because on the one hand it's similar you're using actions to claim objectives, but on the other hand it has some very different things that come along with it. For example, so. Because I've grabbed something, with, if I grab something with a low initiative ship, the high initiative ship has no opportunity to get that off them. They need to kill that ship and then take it next turn. So all of a sudden, the advantage goes to low initiative ships for grabbing these salvage things as opposed to scramble. So there's... And the person who won the bid, Ryan, to your point earlier, mm. you're not always being penalized if you go first. Good yes, point. very good point. Good point. Mm. Very good point. Um, mm-hmm. So then this one, more rewards. And again, I think this is an interesting one for having, you need to have a balance of ships that are really tanky because you want something that can weather a few shots if it dives in to grab stuff. Um, one of my favorite, well, from the one list I played, my favorite thing was uh, the uh, Night Beast, the Empire pilot. 
because he gets a free action after he does a blue maneuver. So or free focus, I think. So when mm. you grab the token, you have an action. And once you have the token, you have focus of aid. Um, so he goes from being an obnoxious nuisance that no one ever shoots at to like the perfect objective carrier because he could just fly around with focus of aid and never get killed. I think Andrew Harris will be very happy to hear that one. <laughs> he will be thrilled, yes. Um, but then you also need some ships that can punch hard so they can get those crits through to make things drop stuff. Yep. And killing points is still good. You still want to kill stuff. So uh, this was, again, also too quick. I think if you manage to grab, particularly if you've got like, again, like a sensitive controls interceptors, you go grab a couple of objectives and just, you know, pick a direction and fly away as fast as you can. Um, and you don't necess- your opponent doesn't necessarily have enough time to hunt them down. If they, you know, if you, you know, pick one zig when they should have zagged, um, then it can be all over. But I, it's so much fun. Like it's really just, just grabbing things and you've got, okay, this guy's got to just, he's just got to run. So then everyone else has to come in and try and shoot things. And then you've got to make a decision of, do I go after this objective carrier that I know is doing a five straight out of there and that I'm only going to get awkward shots at, or do I just try and kill something and catch him later? Um, I really, really like this one. It's 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 fun. It, this one out of all of them got my gears turning the most in terms of, oh yeah, what's going to be good? What am I going to build my lists around for this? Because I need, yeah, the, the, the killy things and the things that can take shots and also the things that can go fast and, yeah, this is a cool one. I really like this one. I'm going to make a controversial um, statement here. Go for but it. that feels like actual X-Wing. It does. Dogfight doesn't feel like X-Wing. Dogfight feels like those two scenes at the end of each movie where there's like nameless pilots fighting and dying, which is sweet, but that feels like five minutes of, of Star Wars. Missions like that, that feels like I'm actually playing Han. I'm actually fucking... Because they were never just like out and out fucking warfare. They're always like, get the thing to the thing. Like, it, it yep. feels that feels way cooler. Yeah. So you get cool moments like... um, Even just <laughs> like, uh, yeah, when I played... So I played a couple of games with um, with a uh, good friend, Daniel Kidney, a fellow Black Havoc member. Um, and um, yeah, and it, there was so I won that one, but there was like a quite an epic moment where I had a couple of interceptors pointing at his um, poor little Z ninety five and Drew, who just got got lucky into some unlucky green dice and just one shot an Alpha Squadron that had that was pointing right at him and had had a had a container. Um, so you get some some epic moments like that where you just you know just heroic. Oh yeah, okay, no, I just he's going to get away next turn if you don't shoot him. Oh yeah, off he explodes. Well, some interesting facts about this scenario. A ship can only have one supply cache on its car, so you can only get one. Uh, while it's towing a supply cache, it cannot execute advanced maneuvers, can't perform boost actions, or be coordinated. That last one's a killer. Uh, wait, not boost, slam. Slam, yes. sorry. Yes, you're, you're correct. And if a um, ship must perform an advanced maneuver, it merely jettisons its supply cache as described above. There you go. range about Poe being unfairly discriminated against now. <laughs> <laughs> I think pay wings too. Yeah, I was going to say. I feel like if Poe gets a hold of that, uh, like you're golden because he's going to yeah. have the um, overdrive thrusters, and he, he can't do advanced maneuvers, but he can still do two two there. speed boosts. That's it. Yeah, he's fucking gone, mate. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Um, Greatest pilot in the galaxy, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, you keep dreaming that one. That's what they keep telling us. Okay, fly boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that one that one sounds really good actually. That, I'm looking forward to playing that one. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, good fun all of them. Again, I think it could benefit going to like 25 or 30 points, but agree, yeah. otherwise like I love it. I think it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. I really 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 like it. Yeah. Okay, that means like literally worst case scenario 
50% of the scenarios are great because one of them's kill points, like standard dogfight that we all like and enjoy. Yeah. The other one's that mission, which is sweet. So yeah. flat out and of I, back. I think, again, I think the other two are good. I think yep. Assault on the Satellite Array is probably the least, well, not the least exciting. I think it's just, it's a, it probably is the one that rewards the Jastia ships a bit more. Um, there's just because, you know, you're occupying space. Um, but, you know, that's one out of four. So it's, it's you know, appropriately balanced with you have to deal with three other scenarios. Yep. Yeah. And also uh, jousting is a legitimate part of X-Wing, so they do need to facilitate yeah. it to a degree because people yeah. enjoy it. They're like, I like to play a game where I win or lose in the first two turns. That's great. That's how I enjoy <laughs> X-Wing. Then I'm going to go have a beer. Yeah, oh, and absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, more just that that one is like it. I think you we know you see really how Jason jousters now, Luke. Your cards are on the table. Oh man, I always do. Like uh, yeah. probably my second most played list is just like Rebel Beef. So I'm yeah. not. <laughs> you can find Luke on Twitter at I hate jousters. <laughs> <laughs> um. So how many rounds do you think uh, this scenario in particular would last for, Luke? Uh like it can very easily be over in five or six. Yeah. Um, both I've, I've that heard, and scramble. I've heard from a few people that seven seems to be the average that they're getting to now. Yeah, mm. and look, and I think like it, it, you notice it because you're tracking rounds. Like both of those games were yeah. an hour. It wasn't, you know, and we were a bit slower because we were thinking about it, but maybe hour forty five minutes. So they're definitely quicker. But I think in general, players were usually getting to nine or 10 rounds in most dog fights, unless you had like a ace chasing another ace where people were doing two minute turns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not crazy different, but it is faster. And I think a bit too fast. Well, these scenarios anyway, right? Like not yeah. all four of them, but. Oh, no, no. Well, chance engagement and I think assault on that's yeah. Assault and satellite array are going to be reasonably similar to the old ones, especially chance mm-hmm. engagement. That's one of the biggest complaints with AOS is the game's over too quick. Um, and I'm a terrible AOS player, so I wouldn't listen to me for any strategic advice, anyone listening. But um, one of the complaints is you can get Alfred and double turned within like 20 minutes of the game and the game's essentially over. You play it out, but it's done. Yeah, so. see, I don't think this is this quick. I mean, I think if you screw up, you can lose in 20 minutes, but that was true before. Yeah, um, I've done it- that before. Yeah, it's probably more obvious more quickly if you screw up. That's the other thing is that I feel like you can screw up really badly in turn zero, even in dogfight, and not realize it until you're half an hour in and realize half of your dudes are pointing in the wrong direction and the other half are getting mauled by their enemy's entire list. Um, But yeah, I think it it, it happens and it's over. And I, again, I just, I don't think there's much opportunity for comebacks in those two scenarios in a lot of games. So then is is it worth playing it out? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, anyway. but the point is it's you hit 20 points. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I believe tournaments too, based on, this is a bit of hearsay, but I believe like your overall points that you score in scenarios plays into your final standings at tournaments is the for uh, organized, like for their OP kits. So like players will, um, you know, you, you play it out because you want to score those extra points in case you win your next three games and then you're in contention for first or second because everyone went three and one that day besides one dude, but he won shitly four times. You could still potentially win even with the losses. If you scored like 18 to 20, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not sure. And that, and I'm not sure about that one as in, I feel like they've said a couple of different things. So I think they're still working that out. So I wouldn't 
That would absolutely. I make literally sense. just read a rage yeah. thread about it. They could have been interpreting it wrong, and then I'm interpreting it wrong based on their. You know what I mean? Someone was like, "Nah, this is so shit." Oh yeah, no rage. I mean, look, unless some rules have dropped in the last hour that I haven't noticed. Um, no, I, no, I don't no, think no, any of this is now down. Uh, pay no. This is advice for general X-wing, and especially when things change. Pay no attention to the uh, rage rage threads there. But that's how I learn. <laughs> you feed off it. You're like you know the. I'm not here for the game, man. I'm here for the fucking Reddit threads. (laughs) Well, I mean, I get caught in them as well, I admit. (laughs) Guys, guys, I fucked up. I commented. I read the comments. (laughs) Or Alexis will come down and say, she's like, are you flame warring again? Yes. Yes, I am. Sometimes people need to be told some things. Someone is wrong on the internet. Yeah, I was going to say, now every time I see that comic, Ben, I just think of you. That yep. exclusive comic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I've got a really good video for you, Luke, uh, Ben. It's just a, a little anime film. It's of, like, Peach, like, telling... No, no, not Peach. One of the fucking Mario people telling Waluigi that he's going to get pegged. And it's just like, let's fucking go! It's like an 18-second clip, and it's fucking funny. And you should just literally drop that into any thread where people are being a dick so they can go and watch a little video about Waluigi getting pegged by Peach. Fair One, enough. it'll fuck any thread. And two, some people get really tilted by it. <laughs> I'm actually oh, probably the one that would get tilted by it, but that's okay. <laughs> You're like, no, don't do this to my favorite characters. But yeah, it's great. It's so fucking funny. Any more discussion on scenarios? I think we could. No, I think <laughs> we hit it all. So let's talk about the thing that I'm most excited about, list building. Oh, so mm. I, the thing, so this, I think, hit the whole community as a big surprise hmm. um, because we're all sitting here playing 200 points thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be the same thing, and then they dropped this on us when the rules came. But to say, when I first looked at it, I was like, what is going on here? But then what I did, I deleted all my old lists. I just got rid of them. I didn't yeah. try to, like, convert a list to 2.5. I was just like, no, nah, this list building paradigm has changed. Let's change with it. Deleted all my lists. And I've, you know, now that they've separated... Well, just for people that don't know, the way that they're doing this building now, you have 20 points to buy your ships with, and then each ship comes with its own pool of points that you can um, spend for upgrades. But those points are essentially free. They don't cost the rest of your list stuff. And I really like this method because it does two things. Um, Compared to what we used to do in 2.0, and this is particularly along the lines of what Will was saying before, is everything was about efficiency, and so it was very limited. Like, if you have a look at the number of X-Wing cards you own, it was a very limited pool of upgrades that ever actually got played because of efficiency purposes. They had to earn their points on the table because they are actually costing your squad something to take them. Whereas now you're picking your ships... And then within those ships, you have your loadout points that you can spend on stuff. And that that includes things like munitions, proton torps, you know, these kinds of things. And I find now that as I'm building lists, 
I'm still having to think about, okay, is an upgrade good or not? But I don't have to worry about what is this costing my whole squad overall. I can actually build a ship to do a cool thing. Um, so I like that aspect of it. It does run into some issues, though. And one of these things I feel is a very much a design choice is that generics are no longer an efficiency choice, right? Because they either typically have less loadout points or they're the same cost as a named pilot. They're like, why wouldn't you just take the named pilot? So that does kill some of the archetypes that people used to like to play with, myself included, of taking multiple of a particular type of generic that are all the same initiative and all this kind of stuff. But I think it's probably more, it's healthier for the overall game because people are now building lists with pilots that never would have seen table time before yeah. because of that whole efficiency argument, you know? Why, why would I take, you know, it's, it's another X-Wing, but I'd be better off taking a generic because it's cheaper. You know, that was the old thinking. Whereas now it's like, well, I don't have that opportunity cost of putting upgrades and stuff on because I have my own little pool of loadout points that I can spend. Mm -hmm. um, and you, it, it creates interesting builds for each ship. I mean, I want to come back to this point, but it also means that more upgrades get played. There are a couple of concerns that I can see people having around this, and there's been some discussion around it. You were talking about the whole mental fatigue aspect of um, X-Wing before. This new loadout um, method of doing it means that people are generally taking more upgrades now than what they used to take, and in some cases it can be ridiculous in terms of the number of upgrades you can take. So there will be more things that people will have to remember. But at the same time, you still need to consider, is the upgrade actually doing something for my list or ship? Like, you know, people are saying, well, why I should just load out my ships. I've got these loadout points. Yeah, but why take an upgrade you're not going to use? Do you know what I mean? Mm. You still have to consider, like, and, and people are saying, oh, well, the loadout points, because it doesn't cost my squad anything, you know, now we're going to have some really OP lists and people are doing comparisons. Okay, well, I can build this list in 2.5 and it's worth the equivalent of 300 points in old points. And it's like, that's great, but you could still build a 200-point list in 2.0 and lose the game because you built the list real bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, 100%. And look, and I think there is also a point there that is just that, like, the power curve on lists has been lifted. Like, stuff is better on oh, average yeah. so there is also a yes i've built a 250 point list but so is everyone else because you know basically for the most part ships have gone from you know you were 55 points before now you're six points with 15 loadout points suntir is about that for example um so generally speaking everything's gotten you know 10 to 30 percent more efficient on points if you add you know the uh, old pilot cost divided by 10. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Add the new, you know what I mean? Add the points to the. Um, See where you're going with this yet. Yeah. Yep. To the loadout. What I find interesting as well is that each ship has a different upgrade path. Like, yeah. I like I that. Think that's, I think that's really interesting. I'm looking at the TIE Fighters right now. Howrunner has got three separate 
slots for modifications, ship modifications. Yeah, hull, shield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? But then you go, you go down, you look at Iden. She's got two EPTs, a cannon, a torp, a missile, and a modification. She can take everything. Yeah. Why and, not? And it also <laughs> gives them a really, I think one really clever thing about it is it gives them a lever to stop you from spamming particular upgrades. So like proton torpedoes is a classic. There yeah, isn't yeah. that many ships with a torpedo slot that also has 12 loadout points to put a proton oh. torpedo on it. So there's a whole bunch of ships with torpedo slots, but they can't get anything better than a, you know, like they have seven loadout points. They can't get anything fancier than a um, plasma torpedo. So it's great. it almost sounds like they're, they're trying to force us to use the lesser used upgrades to try and get them rolling again by the sounds of it. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. it just it changes the value on upgrades and. Yeah. Mm. Different ships need to look at even the same slot differently. So not only is yeah, the ships have very different, even within the same chassis, have very different upgrades. But mm. you know, the points barriers means that, like for example, you can't really get to five A wings with proton rockets, for example, because oh, they're worth eight points now, and not that many of the A wings have an eight point loader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, like um, a type bomber, major rhyme, five point. He's got twenty points for upgrades, whereas the other ones, the next next big ones, Deathfire with eleven. Like I'm just looking at the Imperial ones at the moment, but like I find that very interesting and a very good way of doing things. Like Hera and the B Wing, twenty seven points with upgrades. No, it's, it's yep. um, now I, I will just add the caveat to my excitement of this. Like yep. stuff is broken as like yeah. this, <laughs> and you know, and that's just inevitably they've massively shaken up the shaken up the points. Like there's going to be things that have slipped through the cracks that are going to be broken. The yeah. really obvious one is you can fit four B wings or with some sort of bomb and trajectory simulator plus <laughs> Lieutenant Lount. That is yeah. a twenty point list. Um, <laughs> gross. Um, monster. Yeah, and, and there'll and there'll be other things that come out like that that are going to be broken. Like they're going to need a points change in the not too distant future. I think that's fine. They have all the tools. They have probably more tools than they did before to balance things. Yeah. Um, between, yeah, the, you know, the, the different, you know, change loadouts. If this is change loadout points, change ship points. And yeah, um, I mean, you, like you said, they, they did shake all this up and there is going to be stuff broken, but I think the fact that they have all these levers now is actually healthier for the game overall. Like they will be able to tune this because mm -hmm. now it's not a case of, oh, I have an upgrade, I have to work out how many points that upgrade is worth for every ship in the game. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. now a matter of, okay, well, if there's a ship that I don't want to have that upgrade, I can take it, either take it slot away, or I don't give it enough loadout points to take it, or, you know, like they have all these different little levers and switches they can play with to actually balance the game as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. That's Same. really exciting. Mm. Yeah. I was talking so, to someone this week about that, and, and he was saying the same thing, like that shit's broken as fuck if you look at the points, and that maybe they hadn't playtested enough. And yeah. Basically, with a game this complex, that's okay that's that. live, they're never going to be able to playtest it enough. Like the fact that they did it at all is better than some companies that are much bigger. Yeah. Um, and like. Let's just give them time, basically. Is yeah, I yep. think everyone use these first season or whatever they call it until the next points slots loadout upgrade like comes through. Just put stuff on the table, find the broken stuff, have fun playing it with all the different scenarios, 
they will tune it. The game is not dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're in a much better place. We've just got to get to that point. And, I mean, it's the same with every game. You can play test things to death, and then when it gets out into the wild, like, someone it finds something it. that, you know, <laughs> wasn't thought of before. That's just, you know, a function of the number of data points you have. It's out in the wild now. We're going to know what's broken. They'll be able to do something about it is the important bit. Yeah. Um, and, and look, and the other thing I'll say is spend a bit of time with the squad building because it's it's actually surprising how many, like, things that aren't going to obviously jump out. Like, the B-Wings jump out. Like, you know, Braylon basically stayed, you know, he was 50 points before. Now he's 50 points and he has 20 points of loadout. So even if you're not doing trajectory simulator, you can also very credibly put proton torpedoes on him and have a, him easily double modding proton torpedoes um actually not so much braylon 10 can though um but so some cool things that i've picked up uh so the other thing they got rid of is um uh the variable scoring on uh, points costs on upgrades everything is just one point so just simplified a bit yeah. uh which means all of a sudden bb astromex are not a bad buy on higher initiative t70s and that's mm. very exciting mm. Because and, that's um, going to make them feel very different. Ship titles now, they're all zero points. They're all for free. I find that one very interesting as well. So, yes, uh, uh, but, but, on, but much more limited often. Like Black One, yeah. I think, can only go on Poe. Oh, okay. And I think yeah. only Flyboy Poe, actually. I don't think Commander Poe gets a Black One. In Ship yeah. Poe anyway, so that's fine. That's very thematic, though. That's good. I like mm. that. Um, I noticed another thing on the documents. that There's keywords. So oh, yes, we haven't talked about that. No, so like there's key, um, a, a big one that's pretty interesting is um, so like you got your B wings, you got your Y wings. They they're your um, keywords for said ships. However, certain pilots, Hera in a B wing is a Spectre. Um, you've got Sabine mm-hmm. who's a Mandalorian. So are there going to be specific Spectre upgrades, Mandalorian upgrades? A Mandalorian there already is, as of the release of the Pride of Mandalore pack, which we probably don't have time to talk about today, but is awesome yeah. because Rebel Fang Fighters. Yep. Um, uh, but yes, yes, so, so they've just come out. Um, and I, yeah, I'm exactly right. I imagine there'll be upgrades that are Spectre only. Um, there already is like Light Side and Dark Side Force, I think was probably mm. the first ones. Uh, I think there's Bounty Hunter that's coming out with the uh, something that's coming up next. I forget if it's the Razor Crest or the um, Chunky Chunky Gauntlet. Um, and there's, there's Partisan as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, exciting times ahead, that's for sure. A direction mm. that may happen at some point too is um, theme lists. Oh, yes. yes, and I think they've actually mentioned those on yeah. the stream somewhere. Nothing confirmed or released yet, but yes. Yeah. They're coming for Legion. Legion. Yeah. Um, and they, but the, the, this dev team did that for... Uh, they do it for Marvel Crisis Protocol, which is their flagship game before they inherited all the X-Wing stuff. And before that, they did it for War Machine Hordes, which was the game they managed prior to uh, moving to AMG. Um, But yeah, that's where you take a very limited number of ships from a faction, so you and potentially upgrades as well, which creates a theme. Like, think, you know, you're playing in Hoth, so you can only take, you know, X-Wings, B-Wings, and... A-Wings, that's it, and you can only take limited ordnance because they didn't have any, and blah, and blah. But you get an extra action on all your dudes because they're all fucking 
cracked out on adrenaline because the Empire's about to ream the shit out of them. Um, so that's something that could be coming for X-Wing as well, which could be to do with those keywords as well. If they're um, forward-thinking, which I'm tipping these guys are reasonably. Yep. Uh, so yeah. uh, just talking to... about the new, like I, I, I think you've covered literally every point I would ever talk about with list building. As far as I think it's a net positive. Um, points will be fucked, but it's a net positive. The thing that I think is most interesting and speaks to some of the shit that they've talked about on stream and their intentions is the new player base and trying to bring people back to X-wing. And I mm -hmm. caught up with some mates the other day who are. Um, Veteran tabletop gamers have been since they were teenagers and they're now in their 30s. And each of them had played one or two games of X-Wing and then put it down and just couldn't be fucked. Um, and I told them about the changes, particularly to the list building, and they all went, oh, that's better. That's interesting. I'll have to give it a go. Like, I think it, whether or not we... The, the veteran player base have an opinion is one thing, but I think for the new slash casual player, it is actually going to be a far lower barrier of entry. There's going to be nuance to it that they figure out with their upgrade points and all that sort of shit. They'll figure out efficiencies once they've played games, but just being able to go, cool, count to 20 and then give it whatever you feel like giving it that fits within those points limits and those upgrade slots is far easier than trying to balance upgrades versus ships versus blah, versus blah. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be a far more forgiving first step. And far more engaging, especially when you can build things like Fat Poe and still have four ships on the board. Like, that's going to be a bit more of a narrative experience for them who are potentially coming here, having watched the new movies, thought, fuck, Star Wars is cool. Like, they're wrong, but, you know, whatever. And <laughs> then just getting... <laughs> getting right into it, you know what I mean? I think I think actually AMG have hit the nail on the head with that as far as their intention and the outcome. Yeah, so, I agree. Because I don't think it's like, a, I think some people are sort of raging about the, you know, there's heaps more upgrades, so it's more complicated. But I think it's more about, generally speaking, if you see a new player, they will have bought three ships and they won't necessarily all be good ships, but they'll have got made to 200 by loading them up with points and they'll be it'll, the list will be hot garbage. Whereas mm -hmm. I feel like if you build to 200, like, I think the floor is higher. I don't think you can make as garbage a list building to 20 now as you could building to 200. You can still make garbage lists, no question, but I think you're still going to have a reasonably sensible number of ships um, because you're not going to put 20 points of upgrades on a vulture. And your hand is guided a little bit with those star collecting boxes or whatever the fuck they call them, where you get three ships and a bunch of upgrades. Oh, and subsequent... Mm -hmm releases where they seem to be doing uh, two pair. Yeah. And mm. so like if you've been given an X wing and two A wings and then you get that 20 points with one other ship or whatever and then you're taking a bunch of you know you're not like it's hard to fuck that up if you take a couple of cool like you know you take Luke yeah you take blah Sabine and you take da 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 and then you're like that's a decent list like whether they play it right or not is up to them but like, it's not shit. Whereas if you were just like, I'm going to take a Star Viper and uh, M3A and the thing that can only shoot out the bullseye and, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to have a bad time. The, the, good thing, just... the good thing that Atomic Games have done now is the 
new chips that are coming out, you can find them in each faction. Or or there's the up the, the new card packs that come out with new cards that allow you to fly, you know, scum ships and rebel games now, which is I think which is a really clever idea. And like the gauntlet you can do with I think with three or four different factions. Um, and so for new players, five, that's going to be great. Five factions. Oh, the, oh, sorry, my bad. So is it all? Wait, is it all factions? Uh, no, it's not the sequels. Everything, everyone else. Yeah, makes sense. So no fo, no resistance. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think I think what they've done there is really clever. I didn't realize that you could play the Gauntlet Imperial, so I'm buying one. Good for the bank balance too. If everyone can buy it, everyone can use it. Everyone will buy it. If you lock it into one faction, you're locking it to potentially one seventh of your player pool. Yeah, exactly. Probably a bit more generous than that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Don't discount all of us nutters that have all seven. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I think it's great. I, I, overall, I'm excited and positive about everything they've done. Yep. Oh, uh, and just to, sorry. I'm just going to go back to the uh, gauntlet in Empire for a second. Mm. So not only do they have have it, but they have the most interesting of the gauntlet, which is one that instead of getting to stop and rotate like a U-wing, it it side slips. Side slips. It side slips. Mm. Captain Hark. I don't know if he's good, but he looks fun. Mm. Side slipping with a giant with a big base. What is side slipping? Um, that's have you ever played against a HMP? The droid gun. So like, a, it's like a barrel roll with a with a bomb bank, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly right. So barrel roll with with your maneuver. So like HMPs, for example, can do like three banks sideways. You mean like a star viper? Uh, kind of, yeah, similar, but not. But it's that's their move. That's not. That's an actual maneuver. It's not an action. Yeah, that's right. They and that's going to be amazing. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sure I do. I'm just being a spud. <laughs> So, like on the on their dial, that actually has like a three side slip as a maneuver, whereas Star Vibers can only do a, um, a barrel. barrel roll, bendy barrel roll type thing. Oh, but it's the same okay. as the bendy barrel roll, except like it's so you dial in the fact that you're just going to fuck off sideways. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, there's a config involved in it. It's just your dial means something else, another what it means. But yes. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sick. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. Oh well. What's the model? Um, I th- we're probably moving towards finishing up, but I think just one thing briefly on list building we haven't touched on yet is the um, uh, the ban list. There's a ban list. Yep. And, and they've so, made yeah. some excellent mm-hmm. decisions with what to ban. Yep. Uh, so I'm very happy with them. So I think the key themes were there is now no dial peaking in the game. None. Mm-hmm. No sense. No. Whatever the hell that Vimerati in the pod. Yep. Um, you know, dolls are, dolls are secret. Dolls are always secret. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no more changing of your position of your dolls. There's only a, so no Hera. Yes. Um, yeah. No, no Hera. No, no crew bobber. Uh, not that that was a thing. What was the one? Uh, the yeah, one. slave one. Slave one. That's the one. And then there's the tie fighter or the tie advanced one. Uh, Zed yes. Foslo. You can't change going forward however speed you were going to go. So yeah. And you can't stop. You can't do initial damages. I think, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So they got rid of a lot of. Mm. So, you, so basically, yeah. To do a stop, you need to have a stop on your dial, and you do a stop. Mm. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So no dial peaking, no changing dials. No, um, they got rid of advanced sensors um, mm-hmm. because I think it just broke too much stuff having that 
So basically, it's effectively, you don't, there's very little maneuver doing an action before you move. Um, that, yeah, before you move, but not in the system phase, if that makes sense. The interesting no, one that has been banned, sorry, Will, the interesting one that's been banned is intimidation. Why? Well, the whole you can shoot at range zero now. And I think just because objectives, there's more incentive to be in one place. Everyone wants to be in one place. So having a big base with intimidation would probably just be too strong. Well, this makes Captain Oinken very sad. No, uh, yeah, no, but <laughs> also he has objectives that people need to go towards that he can park himself near. True. Mm -hmm. um, this is true. And he's also the probably the best Sloan carrier now. Yes. Um, uh, what about Rack? Uh, yeah, or Rack, but Rack's a point more. And um, he gets his bonuses at range zero. Yeah, so he's... Yeah, so everyone else gets three dice unmodded and he gets four dice all of the mods. So he still, he still wants to run into you. So what you're trying to say is run two decimators. Gotcha. Yes, absolutely yeah. run two decimators because I'm okay. intrigued as to whether that would be any good in this. Like, I don't know. That's the exciting I don't know what's good. But this is... Um, you can take two decimators. One of them has got 25 loadout points. The other one has yeah. got 35 loadout points. Yeah, yeah. But then you must still take a third ship. Now, tell yeah, yeah. me do that in 2.0. No, well, that's, I was just about to say the same thing. With, with points lists, you're filling out with upgrades instead of ships. Now you're filling out with ships. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, no, that's great. Two point ships. Give me, give me some more of those. Blount. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. I, I've got uh, a Z ninety five that I've painted up a long time ago as Blount and not run it nearly enough. And I intend to be doing that a lot as a Ripple player. Oh, Blount, so good. And that's and that's something I else I like. Just a sort of a cheeky thing they've done with the list building is they've used those. So there's very few two point ships, but what there is is like an okay situationally really good ship in each faction um again that night beast in um empire is you know like not the most amazing ship not setting the world on fire but generally pretty good um yeah blount blount rebels real happy with that i think there's an i5 um uh what are they called fireball in resistance which is fun night beast uh, there's a the um the generic tie interceptors are two points as well uh three Three, definitely three. At two points, yeah. they're broken. At three points, they're still very good, but at two points, they're broken. Uh, shows on shows on the list the Obsidian Squadron pilots, two points. No oh, yeah, sorry. Tied, tied, not five. interceptors, five. fighters. Yeah. Oh, tied yeah. fighters too. Sorry, my mistake. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other clever thing they've done. So only Empire and Separatist have generic two point ships. So you, they're the ones that can spam because they're the swarm factions, right? Um, everyone yeah, else, makes sense. the two points are named. Yep. Is there any limitations on how many times you can repeat a ship now? Uh, no. It's no, just it's, it's just the points discourage you spamming a particular ship and a particular chassis. And even, honestly, the scenarios also probably discourage the same thing. No, it's cool. I was just in the list builder the other day. I had a problem where I couldn't select something, but I wasn't sure. I couldn't. I, can't, I just can't remember whether I figured out whether I was just like how I had the list builder set up or if there was a limitation that I'd missed. No, nah, he probably just fat fingered it. Yeah, yeah the only the only real change minimum of three ships now instead of two, mm. which I think is fine anyway because you know you you want 
than bodies for objectives. Yeah. Here's a here's a question before we decide to wrap things up. What are li- what are lists that people are excited to play now? All of the things. Okay. <laughs> All of the lists. Yeah, like yeah, so many, so many lists, so little time. Um, I played a list that I actually I was hoping to enjoy more, but I think I just spudded it. Like uh, anything with um rebel fangs. Very excited. Probably going to be painting up some um clan ren color fangs over the weekend sick airbrush it's going to take no time yep poe raise easy before you'd only fit the two now you can fit a third ship um yes that list of mine that was braylon 10 cassian and k2so is now so good with all the so layout. many upgrade points yeah um that's just i want to put on the board yep I really want to pay, play four CLT Jedi, all named I fours and threes with um with Hound, um because uh, sorry that's a lat uh which is a combo I'd never noticed before, um but he um uh, you know after a friendly small ship gains a deplete or strain, um if you have no tokens you can transfer that token to yourself, um so you put um patience on them, on all your uh, Jedi and then he can. Slip the uh, uh, deplete token. Oh wait, does that work? After gains, there might be a point cost thing there. Never mind. I'll look it up later. Regardless, four seal name CLT Jedi and a um super exciting. loaded. Yeah, no, it's all good. Mm, nice. Yeah, I'm okay. struggling with scum at the moment, but I haven't given it the time it deserves. Bob is back. Boba is real back. Not with Slave One, though, which makes me sad. Hashtag makes up for my incompetence as a general. But... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you've put in the wrong spot. Nah, fuck it. I'm out that way. Um, But nah, he, he, Boba Fan is very good, and you can yeah very easily fit a third ship in there as well, which is... uh. I wasn't sure how that would play into the scenarios, though, whether it's got enough, like, whatever. But you can fit build a quite a tanky Fen now, too, mm. with the new the new Mando updates. So you can oh. do things like cancelling crits first, which was always his, like, major fucking Achilles heel. But see, that also really helps with the objective as well, the one, that if you're cancelling the crit, you don't drop the cargo. Yeah, yep. I was actually, I was meant to ask that before, and then I forgot. We moved on. I was just going to say, does that count for that sort of stuff? Like you can sure stop. does, sure does. Yeah. You didn't, you don't take the crit damage. You don't take the grid damage. That's the yeah. So that's such a good fucking upgrade. Yeah. Um, and then he's got two um upgrade slots, whatever it's called, like the modification slots. Uh, so you shield could... hull off you go. Yeah, what? so you can just go like. I used to love Sunti with Predator, and now you can take him with Hull and Shield. Yep, 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 yep. He's going to be good. What? Sorry, Luke. Was there an um, objective that you got to shoot the satellites or something like that? No, no, no shooting the satellites. There was the okay. salvage where you pick someone picks it up and then you shoot them. But uh, that's that's the closest okay. for the minute. That seems so, like a thing that would make sense. Um, it's I would argue probably a more expensive. Uh, uh, obstacle, to, uh, sorry, um, objective to go for than just spending an action, spending mm. your whole attack. Uh, but I think yeah. that'd be really interesting, and I wouldn't surprise me. 
Well, um, yeah, I was just seeing it at least for a scam that might be found. It would be Bob Guri and the um, autopilot, autopilot drone. In not the... standard. Sorry? No Guri, she's not standard. <gasps> Isn't she? No, she's taking oh, the release. God. Standard, standard. Oh, she's not either. <gasps> yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's wow. another thing that's a bit of a change is that AMG have suggested that all of their large competitive events are going to be only effectively all of the upgrades, but only ships that have been released in 2.0 and the black boxes. Mm-hmm. So, um, sta- so the, the standard ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's that's standard. So it's it's a, it's not like hyperspace where it's like this hyper curated, we're going to solve the meta in a month sort of stuff. Mm. It's everything, basically it's everything that a new player can easily get their hands on is the theory. Mm. I mean, you can still fly it. <laughs> okay with it. As long as they reprint lambdas, tie bombers, and star vipers and caracs real soon. Yeah, well, they said there that's in the pipeline. Like that's on there to do. Like it's yep. in another ship. I'd like them to re-release is the Phantom, please. Oh yeah, please. Yeah, yeah more please. echo, echo in objectives. Oh yeah, echo with two ty- with two EPTs as well. Yeah, uh, oh, you haven't actually looked at. I've, I haven't been look. I've only been looking at our standard, but um, I do need to go have a look at um, how it goes going because I'm sure we'll do some extended events at some stage because the uh, yeah. it'll be gross because the ban list doesn't apply in extended. So yeah, extended is going to be busted. Both Echo and Whisper, <laughs> juicy, fucking juicy. I want them bad. <laughs> Instances. Slave yeah. one on Boba. Yes. So I, I think I'll be doing. Rack, Lincoln, and then I can do a bomber for three points. Yeah, or you can be standard and just go three points. Ved Foslo all the way. Is that is that the one? Yeah. No, he's being banned. Zertic, Zertic, Zertic Strong. Zertic. That's the one. Zertic Strong. What's three points. He's the one that you can spend a lock in the end phase to expose um, the ship that you had to lock on's damage card. Oh, he's cool. he's the same price as a generic. He's one of the cheaper good imperial ships. Is he a tie or uh, X one? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Oh. Uh, that's a good point. Also, a bunch of the really good, like I think all of the uh, Inferno Squad are three points too. Empire have heaps of good three point ships. Oh yeah, um, the Tie Swarm is back. Yeah, mm. the Inferno Swarm is back. Yeah, and it's even more, good. even more than Mithil's back. More than Mithil's three points. Yeah, well, I think the old. Actually, I, should, I haven't had a play with this yet. I think we're just list building at this point. But um, I feel <laughs> Sorry, like uh, I feel like a, uh, you could go a palp shuttle in the um, and by shuttle I mean Reaper, um, and a bunch of um, Inferno squad, and that'd probably be great at objectives because then you don't have, you're not tethered to Howl Runner, right? But you've got got extra mods, so it's really hard to kill them. I'm mm. one point over. If I was to do Countdown Duchess Sabak and um... Vermeer with power. I'm one point over on my uh, upgrades. There's, a, there's a reason you're one point over. It's because somebody in the game development team was like, "Don't, don't let that happen." Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's right. Pure Sabax four points. Oh, I got to play with eleven upgrade. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah. I think I'm just. Yeah. All right. This is this is probably degrading to us just drooling over upgrades. So. Um... <laughs> okay. So before yeah. we end, people can get excited about playing X-wing because we have an event coming up. Yay. Masters event number two is taking place on the 2nd of April, I believe it is. 
Yep, Correct. Saturday the 2nd of April. It is going to be in Geelong at Throw the Dice. Yep, yep, yep. So Throw the Dice is a local hobby shop that's opened up in Geelong basically at the start of the pandemic, uh, run by a guy called Richard and his wife. Um, and they support a bunch of different sort of alternative models sort of systems in Geelong. So like stuff that's not your mainstream GW kind of deal. Uh, and they're going to host us. So we've got 24 uh, spots available. We can go slightly above that if we have demand, but it does mean we lose some table space. Um, so get in quick, because likely we're going to cap it at 24 to make sure people have a comfortable experience. Um, it's 30 bucks a pop. Uh, which is your standard ticket price for a Master Series event. Everyone's going to get a goodie bag with a bunch of acrylics. Uh, everybody who pays and gets their lists in on time are going to get entered into the raffle for free, which will give away even more shit, like some really cool alt art cards and bits and pieces and vouchers and things like that. Uh, we will be running a raffle on the day. I'll allow you to buy tickets for that ahead of time, if you would like, through PayPal. Um, tickets will be available to buy through Eventbrite, just like last time. Uh, the top yeah. four players are going to get offered a ticket to come to the Masters event games, which will be after five uh, series games. So that was originally meant to be in May this year, but then COVID things. Um, between COVID and 2.5, everything's been a bit delayed. Uh, but the, the season will just push out, so we're going to have about every two months we'll have an event. Um, and then top four players will earn themselves a ticket. If a top four player has already qualified, it'll push down the list until we find somebody who has yet yet qualified. So at the end of the season, 20 players are going to get invited to a free event uh, where they can, again, win prizes, all that sort of good stuff, um, and we will crown a Victorian master. So it's going to be using the standard rule system that's just been announced. So the ban list, the lists, the ships, etc. Um, and more details will be in the pack, which will go up soon on the event. You can find the event on Facebook under the X-Wing Masters Series Facebook page. There's an event attached to it. Um, so you can RSVP to that so you can see updates from us. And also the ticket sales will go up on that event once they're ready to go on sale, which should be in the next couple of days. Um, and yeah, basically, we're just we're, we're supporting a small business. So come along, try it out. Um, Richard's venue... By all accounts, I've not been there yet, but by all accounts, is premium. Like, really great tables, really great space, and he's a super friendly, lovely dude. Um, so come what, down, roll dice, and get excited about some X-Wing. What date was that again, Will? 2nd of April, so it's a Saturday. So I'll be staying there for the weekend as well. So my wife is going to be overseas with my young daughter, so I'm going to have a epic weekend away. Um, and I'm going <laughs> to stay down there. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to... Have drinks, party, even if it's That's just by good. myself. <laughs> That's a bit rough, buddy. Mate, I would still enjoy it. <laughs> That's, <okay. laughs> and then I'm going to sleep all night and wake up whenever I want. Well, actually, before 10, because that's when checkout will be, and just have a fucking good time. I don't yep. know if I'll be able to make that one. Oh, rip. Oh, you'll I, make you... it. You'll make it. I don't know, mate. I'll be, I might be in a different state still. That's it. Mm. Well, that state is currently underwater, mate, so... Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Good point. Good point. Um, so we'll hashtag see. climate change. <laughs> Let's get political. 
That's not. Ugh. <laughs> There's too much going on about that right now. Let's not do that. Yep. That was a joke. I oh, know. Please, please don't do that. But yeah. All right. Well, anything else people want to say? Book of Boba Fett wasn't that bad. Boom, said it. Ah. Yeah, we may have to do an episode just about Book of Boba Fett. What's that? Uh, no, I think X-Wing is in a very good spot. Looking forward to playing it again. Yep, mm-hmm. let's get it on the table. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Blow off all that dust, get rid- get some new cards into some sleeves, and uh, let's do this. All right. Yeah. With that, we will leave it there. Chat to you next time. Bye.